Welcome back to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast for a special bonus interview episode. I'm Ernest. I am Hunter. And Hunter here had a chance to speak with the director of a movie called American Desert, which had its premiere at the Brooklyn Film Festival. Yeah, um, they uh, we were sent a... Um invitation for an interview uh with writer director adrian bartol and the film star will brandt um for our coverage of tribeca film festival even though this is playing at brooklyn it was just a week prior um this film covers will brandt's character matt who is returning from afghanistan to a small town to kind of find that he doesn't have a place in the United States anymore. And he falls into this pattern of being with the wrong people and kind of this drug addled lifestyle. Um, it's also starring Ruby Modine and Michael Ironside and some great performances. It's a very dark film, but I really enjoyed it a lot. And I enjoyed my conversation with the filmmaker and star. All right, let's go to that conversation right now. Hope you enjoy. for the technology to come around where I could make a movie that looked as beautiful as I envisioned it, but where there would be no, I wouldn't have to answer to anyone, you know, that we could just basically self-finance or have like microfinancing where people, if they lost all their money, they wouldn't really care. And, and when that moment came, you know, Will knows, you know, was getting better and better as an actor. And I just couldn't think of anyone better to play the role of Matt Benning, particularly because Will, Will's family, if, if Will would have joined the military, Will would have been a third generation uh, mem uh, member of the, of the military. So I thought it was perfect to, to, for him to deal with the subject matter because a lot of it he's experienced personally. Oh, okay. That kind of answers uh, one of my other questions I have on here, which was, uh, Will, for you, what was it about this character that kind of drew you to the role and um, how much of the character was on the page versus how much did you bring with your performance? Um, it, a lot of it was on the page. The main thing that attracted me to it was the sensitivity and the, the layers that Adrian really put into um, the script and the heart that, that existed in that piece. Um, but also too, I, I don't have personal experience with anything like this. Um, although my family, some of my family members have been in the military. Um, but that's the thing that freaked me out the most is under, I did have an acute understanding that I have no idea what it's like to go into combat. Um, and so whilst there was just so much uh, depth on the page there um, that I was able to, to dive into, I did have to do an immense amount of research and search to find um, those pieces where I could root this character um, to I felt a responsibility to really try and do justice to somebody who might go through these kinds of things in real life um, because, because people do. Um, and everyone handles trauma in different ways when they come back from uh, a traumatic situation or go through a traumatic situation. Um, but yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is a film that has a very dark subject matter, of course, about a soldier returning and falling into um, kind of these drug addled patterns and this very unfortunate situation where he can't really 
find a place for him back in the United States. Um, Adrian, for yourself, was this always, how long were you working on this story? Um, about five years. And, okay. and really the, the seat of it, you know, because I have a, a bunch of friends in LA that were in the military and many of them saw some pretty intense things. You know, I have, a, I have one friend that was stationed in Germany. He was like a helicopter mechanic. And he doesn't know if he was flown into Afghanistan or Iraq. Um, so they landed and they had to fix this helicopter and then his commander did something and then he just was blown to pieces and he saw that firsthand and there was this very, there's this very interesting energy to, to that particular friend of mine and he's not the only one, I have other friends that, you know, that, that also saw combat. And on top of that, I also grew up in San Diego, California and at that time, um, I, I, you know, when my mom would chop it, when chopping, she let me kind of hang out, of, you know, the, in like the in front of the supermarket, which had like kind of like a little park area, and there was a bunch of uh, homeless vets there, and most of them were from the Vietnam War, and that also fascinated me because those people didn't really have any psychological disorders. They're perfectly functional. They didn't have hallucinations. They didn't, you know, hear voices. Nothing. Perfectly normal human beings, except for the fact that they experienced some kind of trauma. And of course, I didn't experience anything like that. So from a standpoint, I. You know, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I was very interested by it, and I was very drawn by that story. And it was kind of an exploration to try to understand, you know, uh, what this subject matter, which I find is not talked about enough, you know, because it is a very uncomfortable subject to talk about. And it is, and it is kind of like a, a dark movie, but like all important conversations, it's very uncomfortable, and it makes people, you know, it, it just, it, it's, it's not, it's not, super pleasurable to watch, but it's important to have that conversation and to participate in it. And that's why I hope this is a contribution to that the conversation. I absolutely think that is. Um, another thing that I think contributes to the movie more than just the subject matter is the location um, so much. I saw in my, in my uh, research for talking with you guys that uh, it was all filmed in Ridgecrest, the Mojave Desert. Um, what was it about that location that struck you as this is this, the place where this story needs to be set? Uh, first of all, I made a, a strong intention to not really mention a, a town name or anything particular right. about the location. And that was a very conscious choice. I also choose not to go very wide often. So people are not like, oh, that's Rich Chris. Oh, I know that mountain. Mm -hmm. You're always very tight. And the idea there was that it could be anywhere. It could be any town. It could be anywhere in the Western United States. It, and um, so that, that was the intention of trying to, you know, not make it a specific town. And then the reason I use, I use the desert is because throughout history, throughout mythology, there's been this strong storytelling tradition in basically all cultures of a person who goes out into the desert and comes back a transformed person. There is something about that in our subconscious, somewhere in our soul, that, that points to that. And I, of course, don't have a specific answer of why we react so strongly to this concept as a culture, as a, as a, as a society. But I think it has something to do with the fact that the desert is barren. And there's two elements to that. There's absolutely nothing there. So you basically have to construct everything. And, and so that's, it's just like this empty slate where you can basically reconstruct yourself. And the second element is that you have to have an incredible will to survive in the desert because it's very easy to just give up in the desert because the desert is there to kill you. There's no water, there's no food, there's absolutely nothing there to help you survive. So it points to having to have a really strong will 
to want to go on. And that's, that was an important element for map bending. I really wanted the audience to understand that he had a strong, strong will to survive and to go on because if, if it wasn't for that, you don't see the intensity of what his, of his trauma is, you know? Mm. So here's a person with an intense will to survive, but he's, he's just being really pushed down by these demons. So those were the two elements in using the desert that I thought were kind of crucial. Yeah, I found it, I found it very compelling. Uh, one, I mean, the shot of uh, Will, of your character, just walking through the desert is very biblical, just uh, with the um, towel that you have over your head and everything. Also, uh, the parallel between that and being a soldier in, the Af- in Afghanistan, which is very desert. Now you're moving back home and you find yourself still in the desert, still trying to find your way out. Um, yeah. I found that all very compelling. Um, one other, uh, or a couple other questions I have for you. One, um, Adrian, since I know that you have done some work with shorts before, was it difficult for your first feature film doing, wearing the writer hat, the director hat, the producer hat, and especially with your personal relationship with Will and I'm sure getting closer with, uh, the entire cast with Ruby Modine and Michael Ironside as the filming went on? Yeah. Well, it wasn't by choice. <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, my budget kind of forced me to, to do what we had to do, you know? And as I said, I didn't want any of the story to be compromised because I'm sure, I mean, everyone would have said, oh, can you put a little lighter ending there at the end, you know, or whatever. It just, I really would have been pushed to do things. So yeah, I learned how to edit. I learned how to all there, everything there was to know about sound, how to like balance it, you know, and all this stuff saved me probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, it, you know, it's by, by, by necessity. I really would wish I would have had it like a, a great cinematographer to work with, you know, especially for the interior scenes, because, you know, I'm just, I, I didn't have the time to figure that out, unfortunately. I wish I did, but I just, there's some scenes in interiors that could have been much better lit, much better done, but it is what it is. You know, that's, that's the money we had. Those, those were the resources we had. And, and, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's just what we had to do to be able to make this movie without any compromises. I, I mean, I think that it was quite effective. Like the, especially the interior shots, it, everything about this movie felt lived in, which I think is one of the reasons why it was so effective is that just the minor details of walking into Brandy's house and seeing just kind of disheveled couch cushions everywhere. I thought that was all very, very well done. Um, a two-part question for you both. Uh, which films if there were any were you inspired adrian while writing and making this film were there any that come to mind hmm. well that's that's kind of one that you have to prepare with because you know there's such a gigantic inventory of of films and there's so many like you know different approaches um, um it's it just more general styles you know i want to have a kind of like a a minimalistic approach to the characters um, and I mean, there's so many, there's so many great directors that, that, that approach films in kind of like this minimalist way, you know, like, yeah. It's actually really, yeah, the Requiem for a Dream is definitely, it, it, I, I, I borrowed a lot of like stylistic choices there for sure. You know, I, like, I wrote down Aronofsky while I was watching this movie because I had some early Aronofsky. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely that, yeah, I think, I think he really made it, this, this uh, completely different way of, of telling a story, you know, where now it's accepted to go, you know, to, to 
go to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think that was a working for a dream was definitely an influence. I mean, also, you know, the Hurt Locker, I think, you know, also because, you know, also very low budget and also very difficult to make. And it just the way they do it is also the same, kind of this minimalist approach, you know, where you don't have like, just a minimalist approach to storytelling where you let the characters really, you know, embody like the script. You don't tell them it's like, you have to be every single word has to be like this, or this scene has to be exactly like this. You just go into the environment, you know, like we kept using this phrase, let the landscape inform the story. So just, and that's why it was important to actually shoot in the desert and like these locations. So, you know, Will, uh, Ruby and, and Michael, Ruby Modine and Michael Ironside, just being out there, just being in these little homes in the middle of nowhere, I think that really helped them understand what these people were like. And actually meeting a bunch of people that actually live there um, and have these kind of like interesting isolated lives, you know, I, I think that helped a lot. And uh, Will, kind of a similar question for you, uh, because... Unlike Jeremy Renner's character in The Hurt Locker, you actually do give much more of a sensitive performance where that uh, film has him be a little bit more uh, sociopathic <laughs> in a good way for that story. But um, were there any performances or performers that kind of you were trying to draw from while you were uh, crafting the Matt, Matt character? Um. There, there are a lot of a lot of actors who I have an immense amount of respect for. Um, my process, and that I that I tried to borrow as much from as I could. Jeremy Renner is uh, one of my all time inspirations. I think he does such an incredible job in The Hurt Locker. That's stating the obvious. Um, but I actually had the I had the privilege of talking with some some vets who were willing to to share a lot of personal stuff with me in preparation for this. Um, and I, that was invaluable. I mean, it informed so much and I, I just, I tried to absorb as, absorb as much of that as I could along with a lot, like I said, a lot of research, a lot of reading of memoirs. Um, there's a couple of specific books that I read a, a few times, um, to try to just put myself in, in that headspace, as I said, um, yeah, that was, the, and, and the way that we made this thing, we, we were able to kind of shoot it in pieces um, and spin time out in these isolated places, as Adrian said, and that really helped to inform the writing process and the character process as I, you know, got, would spend time in places that, you know, Matt might spend time in and, and be able to explore that way, and that, that, was, that was so cool, and I really enjoyed that process, and I think it was, it was incredibly helpful. Okay. Thank you so much for that. I just have one more question before I let y'all go, because I know that y'all have several, several other interviews to do um, today. But uh, this is one uh, you have not had any preparation for at all. I'm just going to ask this for you. Um, we, uh, the podcast that I'm currently on, has been doing a career arc series for Nicolas Cage and going through his filmography due to the lack of new releases that have come out. Just off the top of your head, what are your favorite Nicolas Cage performances? Uh, Will, I'll start with you. Mandy. Yes, that's a great answer. I love a Mandy. I love, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that director too. I mean, that's I have I have quite a few, but um, that was such a wild turn for him. I feel like, but also so signature Nicolas Cage. I can't wait to see what he does next. I know he's doing Tiger King. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's. It's also. I mean, it's Johan Johansson's last score too. So that score is just. So good. Love that. He's movie. one of my all-time favorite composers. All the stuff on Sicario and I could go on. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Adrian? 
Um, well, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> that's, a, it's, it's tough to like, whoa, to like, you know, it's, it's got such a, a crazy long career. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. I, hmm. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with Will that, you know, Mandy, like, was, you know, like, was a great performance for sure. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I'd go with that as well because it's it's just it's like a fresher approach, you know. Because he's, you know, it's. I think he's he's able to take more freedoms, you know, because it's it's um, further along, much 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 further along career, and and of course he's got his has ups and downs. So I think I think it's I think that represents truly what he's what he's able to. Just like greater artistic freedom, you feel he's it's not like being pushed into being one way or the other. You know? that's, that's, it's his uh, blank check performance, and uh, I mean, I can't wait to see what your blank check films are that you have upcoming next. Because I think after this, you might be getting. It won't be as difficult for you to find funding for your next film. I at least I hope so. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate talking to you. Um, you. And thank good you. luck with your film. Good luck with the rest of this fresh junket that y'all are going through. I know it can be a grind, uh, but thank you so much for your time and have a great one. Thank you, Hunter. Thanks so much, Hunter. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you so much to the filmmakers behind American Desert for that great conversation. Um, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, follow us at We Bought a Mic on social media. Visit our website, webottamike.net. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.